from Relevant Magazine, it's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, May 4th, 2012, and this is The Relevant Podcast. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Happy Cinco Hey, happy Cinco de Mayo. Welcome back, Maya. Thank you. Uh, to her left, the very lovely Hambone. Hey, everyone. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, Chad Michael Snavely. Hey. Hello, friends. <laughs> wow. That was a, that I was a new delivery. To, I didn't know what to do with that. <laughs> Nobody does. Not what you did. <laughs> yeah, I screwed that one up. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this this podcast, unlike last week's, is is back to normal. Last week's podcast, a lot of odd things happened, um, which I'll get into in a minute. But uh, this week, Maya's back. You've missed the last couple of weeks. So that's good. Yeah. We, we're recording on our normal day, which is good. Mm-hmm. And and we'll edit it properly, correct? Which is good. So, just <laughs> good for all of us. So, the, last week, if you if you listen to it, uh, we recorded on the day it was uploaded, which is never our practice. We rushed. We were, we had a crazy week, and um, and I and I'm driving home that night, <laughs> and I see on the Twitter people who are listening to it saying, "Huh? So you know, listen to the podcast. It's hilarious. Uh, there should probably be a parental advisory on this one." And I'm going, "Hmm." And then I saw another one. Oh, those eight-year-old's parents ain't going to be happy. And I saw another. And I'm going, okay, when I got home, I was like, it's Friday night now. You know, I'm usually out clubbing. But <laughs> but you put those plans yeah, on hold. I did. To, to sit at home and listen to the podcast to see what in the world they were talking about. Sure enough. Oh, boy. There was a couple things left in that uh, made me blush. Just slid under the radar. Yeah. And uh, so, I was like, Chad was like, 601. Upload. <laughs> <laughs> and so, what, what what exactly was it? Well, I'm not gonna. I can't. I can't get into it, or else we'd have to edit that out. There this was one. a. There was something about a disco stick. <laughs> no, there was. It, it was the, the reed. <laughs> it was the reed, and the word moist entered the equation, oh, and no. yeah, it was just. It was just too much. And so I, you know, I'm texting Chad, and I'm like, uh, how in the world can I get this file? Because I need to. I, I'll do the surgery. It's fine. I just need. You know. So he helped me find the file. So Friday night, I you know uh, did an emergency edit on the podcast and re-uploaded it. So if you're one of the early adopters, <laughs> you have a Too Hot for TV limited edition. <laughs> Hold on to that thing. Put it on eBay. It's going to be worth something. Well, there was actually two edits because then, then I'm laying in bed Friday night and, and I'm listening to it just to make sure that the edited one went up. So uh, anyway, I'm listening to it and I got listened to the Rick Warren interview and I, you know we had just had the conversation and so I knew I knew what we covered and and I listened to the truncated version, and it missed so much. I felt really good and challenging content. On Saturday, I actually went and put a lot of that back and, again, edited the podcast and uploaded it and extended it. And so the pod, the Rick Warren uh, conversation went from, like, eight so minutes to, like, 20. There's three versions of last week's podcast. There are three there versions are. of last week's podcast, yeah. Well, there's four. There's the only. There's the one that lives on my computer <laughs> before, before anyone touched it. Yeah. So that's the real goal. Now you all know what really happened. Yeah, I was going to say, so the moral of the story, we're never recording on Friday. <laughs> the, moral is, if I, the moral of the story is I gave up clubbing for the greater good. <laughs> so, yeah, depending on how when you downloaded it and how long it is, the final official podcast is 90 minutes long. It's like the longest one we've ever done. And, you know, if you're... It, it had too much good stuff. I mean, it was, like, really funny. And then it had a great performance by Levi Weaver and a really fascinating conversation with Rick. It's probably the longest interview we've ever run in its current form. And uh, so if you're going on a road trip this summer, you know, it's a good one to listen to, I guess. Anyway, this one, normal time length. Yeah, this one's going to be twenty minutes to make up for last week. Yeah, <laughs> just average. Next time we don't have a. Uh, next time we're not recording till Friday. Chad and I will just watch Mad Men and provide a commentary. That's right. That'll be the entire relevant podcast. That's right. Uh, today's podcast is a good one. Um, coming up later, we talk to uh, JT Daly of one of our favorite groups, Paper Route, um, and we also look inside the brand new issue of Relevant, featuring Donald Miller, Fantagram, Anthony Bourdain. It's a good issue. 
It's coming out this week. You watch a lot of Anthony Bourdain. I do. That man has no reservations. <laughs> it's like our, if we record a podcast on a Friday. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't he hate Paula Dean? Yeah. But like, but but not just like. No, I'm just not a Paula Dean fan. Like he vehemently, oh, yeah. vocally despises her and her use of butter. His commentary whenever she revealed that she uh, had diabetes was very cutting and awesome. He he has uh, no tolerance for diabetes. Well, he basically the man, the man said, has no reservations. <laughs> well, it was basically because. The day she announced diabetes was also the day she announced a massive endorsement deal with a diabetes medicine. Right. So he was like, that would be like me saying, I'm an alcoholic. Here, try this new drug that helps you not be an alcoholic. While his profession is yeah, alcohol. while his because profession is Because pretty much everything drinking. Paula Dean makes is, yeah. is literally dipped in butter and then fried in it. Yeah. Okay, so up first, entertainment releases. Music coming out on Tuesday, May 8th. Really? Keen with Strangeland. I felt mm-hmm. bad today. Uh, one of our designers came in and was like, "Hey, have you heard the new Keen album?" And I just looked at him and I go, "I hate Keen." <laughs> and now I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> but then I did say, and I still am. Uh, I'm glad that the lead singer of Keen has gotten his life back on track. Yeah. Apparently, I didn't he, was, know that was he was in rehab for a while. Yeah, they canceled the tour back yeah. in the day. I thought that was because he fell off the stage. Mm-hmm. I think that was Scott Stapp. <laughs> I always You're get that mixed Scott up. Scott Stapp. I mean, he's fallen off the stage several times. I always get that mixed up. <laughs> Every tour Creed's ever been on has been cut short because he stepped off the stage. <laughs> it's a chronic problem. They have to bring in special stages now. I can't handle his like you know messianic walk with leather pants and free flowing unbuttoned white shirt. With trampolines underneath everything. His eyes are closed because he's in such passion. How can you? Expect the man to see where he's stepping. But he does fall with arms wide open. <laughs> well, that's the thing. He never catches himself. They surround the stage with memory foam. Mm-hmm. Is that, yeah. All right. Yeah, those little those, yeah, those little cube foam pits. Yeah. Didn't he almost get like electrocuted once in that one video? Yeah. Where he's standing in yeah. the water. They shot uh, one of their music videos, they shot at Universal Orlando's yeah. back lot. It was the one that uh, they flooded a city and they were going in the boat. There's a lightning strike on the set while they were in the water and stuff. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't the director be like, "Hey, there's lightning. We're filming in a huge body of water. This is Florida. Lightning doesn't <laughs> warn you. It maybe, just maybe happens. the director feels about Creed like we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 you're you, fine. Go for some say. reason, I don't have the impression of Scott Stapp. He's the type of man to care about things like lightning <laughs> danger. <laughs> <laughs> the director's like the director's like, no, no, no. It's fine. In fact, you should try, let's try swimming with this next guy. <laughs> <laughs> the, the this week, do you ever, you guys ever go to Grantland.com? Yeah, a Bill Simmons website. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Chuck Klosterman had a great piece where he went to go see Creed and Nickelback yeah. on the same night, and he wrote about it. Wow. The Magic game uh, playoff game has to be moved. Oh yeah, because the, of Nickelback. Yeah, this week normally what the, game, yeah. the Wednesday games will also have a Friday game. Uh-huh. Uh, we ours is on Saturday because during the lockout, the Orlando or the Amway Center booked uh, on Friday night the Nickelback. Uh, oh, Seether, Seether, and Bush. Bush. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have you seen the television commercial for it? No. It's awesome. <laughs> Think of like the worst monster truck commercial you've ever seen. Friday, Friday, yeah. Friday. Cree. <laughs> Seether. It, it, it's like if the monster truck announcer was wearing an affliction t shirt while doing it, that's what it sounded like. <laughs> I'm uh, proud of them for you know getting back with out it. there. Yeah. yeah, good for them. You gonna go to the show to support them? I might. We thought it was a magic game, and we yeah, walked into a Nickelback show. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, well, I mean, we're here. So. S- sadly, the crowd looked the same. Gavin Rossdale has to be careful when he travels because he carries a razor blade suitcase. <laughs> What? Sorry, I just wanted to say that. Thank you. What does that even <laughs> mean? Was that the second album? The second, the second album? album? Yeah, the yeah. second album. Razorblade Suitcase. I just remember okay, that so Final Fan or that Focus on the Family didn't like it. That's all I remember Shocker. about that album. So <laughs> plugged in, told you that. Yeah, plugged okay. in. James so, Dobson seems like a huge Bush fan. I used to read plugged in every every issue. Uh, that's for parents. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you just wanted to kind of <laughs> disciple yourself. Well, it was just like I want to see if this album is okay for me to buy. It's. A, such this a used to be so pure. I know, but I was did trying wait, not to did, buy did anything you, bad. Did you, you were the purest to the Bush person album? ever. What happened? No, because Focus on the Family told me. What do you mean? What happened? What, what, when did when did the the objectionable content become well, not a big deal? I think that happened when I realized that like most of their objectionable content was about people being sad. 
And I was like, that's not really objectionable. That's just sort of normal. How old were you? Were you still reading it at 22? No, when I was like 15, I started buying secular music. What was the first secular CD you bought? Uh, my friends made me a tape of uh, No Doubt's Tragic Kingdom. Well, I, I heard right, like, if you go to Plugged In right now to see the review of the latest Bush CD, it says, when under objectionable, objectionable content, it just says, this is a Bush CD. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I did have a Mariah Carey album when I was in the, the Christmas album? Yeah, no, yeah, I had the Day- Christmas album doesn't I had, count. I had Daydream. Oh, With fantasy? Your first, Chris, your first secular music was Mariah Carey? Mariah Carey Daydream, because my dad liked Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey at that point too. Like you wow. had a six yeah. disc changer, and it was like all, all the newsboy yeah, CDs with was, the one Mariah Carey. Mixed I up. remember. <laughs> and I mean, it was a big. It was a big day that my sister traded me because I'd gotten a Point of Grace album that I didn't like as much. And I well, traded yeah, because it their to, target demographic no, is forty three year old women. Mind, I was sixteen at this point. And uh, I traded it to my sister for Rebecca St. James' more edgy God. Ooh. Oh, that was edgy. It was a little alt. It sounded, like, sounded a little bit like Alanis Morissette. Yeah. Uh, also anyway. coming out, Carmen. Uh, not that Carmen. <sighs> K-A-R-M-I-N. Still buy it. <laughs> <laughs> with, Just uh, in the hope that America again will be on there. Uh, with the, Wait, Carmen the champion? Which Carmen? <laughs> uh, with hello. Uh, and our pick of the week, Silver Sun Pickups with Neck of the Woods. Here it is. Every time I see it, I, I see Silver Spun pickups for some reason. Is that a band? Silver Spun something? No. Silver Chair. Silver, Silver Chair, same era was live. See, that was one that Focus on the Family didn't like because they were depressing. The best thing about Plugged In's reviews are during their like summation paragraph, they sometimes will like try to make a joke. And I still remember the one they wrote for Garden State was like... Hold on, hold on, hold on. You were still reading this when Garden State came out? <laughs> I didn't ever believe it, but I was always curious. Well, cause, you, okay. It was more for the entertainment. Value. I was full-on adult when Garden State <laughs> came out. Anyway, so uh, so the review for Garden State, the end was like, New Jersey's known for having a lot of waste. Garden State is no different. And I was like, that's oh, awesome. Wow. I would love to write for them. Just so I could say stuff like that, that'd be incredible. <laughs> well, we could we could launch a section in our magazine. I think we should. <laughs> All right, give me the reviews for movie releases coming out on Friday, May 11th. Here we go. Dark Shadows starring Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter. That looks pretty funny. He comes back as a vampire in the oh, 1972. That's what it's called? When, yeah. when I Shadows, watched yeah. the trailer, it's like, this movie might be really entertaining for like the first half hour, right. but I don't know mm-hmm. if I can do a whole movie. When they, when yeah. they make fun of all the 1972 stuff. Okay, fine. I get it. Move on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, God Bless America is coming out uh, with Joel Murray and Melinda Page. Girl in Progress, Eva Mendez, Patricia Arquette, and Hick starring Alec Baldwin, Blake Lively, and others. Ryan, give me the, the filthy review. Week. Give me it's the a slow week for movies. Well, no, I think I mean you don't want to go up against Johnny Depp. That's so true. That's true. Probably all the big Avenger, uh, Avengers <laughs> came out last week. Right. So. right. Uh, let's the see. Dark Shadows part. could be like vampires are known for sucking out souls. Don't let this movie do the same. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. No. All right. Not gonna take yourself. Yeah. I was hoping you were gonna do something with Johnny Depp, but what would that be? Like. Johnny Depp, more like Johnny Deep in Filth. <laughs> more like Johnny Depps of Hell. Stay yes. away. <laughs> oh boy. Alright, that'll do it for your filthy reviews and entertainment releases. <laughs> Up next, Slices.
Monday, May 21st is Micro Monday. And on this one day, Relevant is asking you to join our fight to help end poverty by helping fund a micro loan through World Vision Micro. We believe in what micro is doing, and we believe that together we can lift lives out of poverty, fight for families struggling to open or expand their small business, and change communities for years to come. Join us on Monday, May 21st, and make Micro Monday mean something. Learn how to take action right now at relevantmagazine.com slash micromonday. You're listening to Fantagram. The song is 16 years, which is exactly how long Ryan was pure. <laughs> it's from their new Monday Life EP. <laughs> At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Santa Gold, which should have been last week's pick of the week with Go. <laughs> Uh, okay, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right. Well, uh, I stumbled upon this story, uh, and it's pretty interesting. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, news lately about the um, economic boom in China, but it's not all uh, been positive. There's actually a lot of like kind of weird ghost towns of developments that that failed. Um, there was recently a photo slideshow of a, of a wannabe Disney World amusement park that stopped being built um, about halfway through its production. And now it's just this creepy old castle out in the middle of, of some farmer's field. Well, <clears throat> the world's largest mall, a lot of people think it's the Mall of America, is actually in China, but the only thing is it's 99% empty. Really? Wow. The, the mall has a replica bell tower of St. Mark's Square in Venice. It has <laughs> gondolas. It has a roller coaster, and it has a train going through it. Wow. Uh, but the, there's only uh, a couple restaurants right near the entrance to the mall. Uh, the interesting thing is that um, you can still walk through the mall. And a filmmaker did and uh, walked through and, and made a pretty interesting little uh, short film that's out on YouTube. The, the YouTube video is called, for anyone who wants to see an abandoned world's largest mall, it's called Utopia Part 3. I don't know what one and two are. The world's <laughs> largest shopping mall. Um, it's not like the mall that you used to have in your town, but then the new mall comes and... All the stores, it's like the weird like medieval weaponry store. Uh-huh. It's like this mall never had the stores to begin with. What what why would they build it without tenants or at least anchors or- <laughs> well, you build I, I it, they think, will come. Uh, there's probably a combination of reasons, but the guy <laughs> the guy who built it made millions making it says instant noodles. So he's sitting on this instant noodle fortune, <laughs> and, 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 and evidently he seems the economic consumer boom that's taking off and decides that it's a great time to build an extravagant mall. Um, but but it, it was a terrible idea. What's crazy is that like when you reference that abandoned theme park and stuff, it's dilapidated and decaying. This is still... <laughs> open i mean this is the guy is still it's been open since 2005 and evidently he's just waiting for tenants <laughs> but but the area the, the mall covers 7 million square feet and it has room for 2300 stores that's crazy but like i said it's 99% empty see i think it would be really interesting to visit all these kind of weird abandoned places yeah, in like, china yeah like when we road trip to the creation museum <laughs> exactly it would be like an abandoned creation museum though they i, I was reading about that cuz their real estate uh, collapse might be even worse than ours was yeah cuz they've been China's? Ex- yeah cuz they've been expanding so quickly that they have like i mean they have like cities built with no people in them you, do you know Freaky. that there is a uh, there's an island off of disney world that used to be part of the park but's oh, no yeah. longer uh, in operation yeah that's this weird little abandoned amusement park within amusement park that's in the middle of a lake. Yeah, some guy got caught. Uh, he went out and took a bunch of pictures. Like he took a boat out. Yeah, at night. yeah I saw the pictures. Yeah. yeah. Now it, he's not allowed in any Disney park for the rest of his life. <laughs> no, <laughs> seriously. Yeah, because they caught him and they they threatened a lawsuit, but they said, you know, we're what not going to punish your children. Yeah, chil- but your they were like, children? you're not allowed. You're not ever allowed to come to Disney World again. Can he and if to, your can kids he, ask you why, tell them. Can he have dinner at like Downtown Disney? <laughs> no, he's, I don't think he's allowed to. Well, maybe Downtown you, Disney. Yeah. They don't check your Disney. Can he go to a Disney store in a mall? I suppose. Yeah, but I mean, how? I, I okay. I read that. I was reading about uh, just some independent research about running onto a baseball. <laughs> I was just curious what the consequences are if you were to run out onto a major league baseball field. The consequences okay. are not fun. 
Well, but they, they say you have a lifetime banishment from the park. Yeah. But they said that's pretty much a scare tactic because there's no way that they can enforce that. It's not like if I had a bunch of friends or my family was going, I wouldn't be all that nervous. I wouldn't make a big scene of it. Like, guys, we can't go. You know I'm banned from there for life. I don't I know. I think I would just put on a fake mustache and do that. Thing. I would legitimately be scared because, like, Disney, I mean, they do photograph and yeah. fingerprint every person. Yeah. Don't they have their own prison? Yes. In the park? <laughs> yeah. Seriously? They have a Disney jail. Yeah, you can get locked it's, up in Disney jail. It's underground. It's it's <laughs> not a good thing. You, hey, take a little piece of advice from me. You do not want to spend a night in Disney jail. <laughs> <laughs> You've made some terrible life choices. Let's just say Dopey, you ever, Dopey seems friendly, but he is not. <laughs> you know, the, the Philly Stadium not only has their own jail... Uh, they also have its own judge for game days. No, they don't. Stop it. Yes. Look, okay. I'm going to Google <laughs> it right now because I just read about it the other day and I thought it was hilarious. It's this guy sitting at a, in, in like the judge's robe, just sitting at this little fold up. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, all right, deal. I will, I will be the, the judge at the stadium, but I get to throw out the first pitch like three times a year <laughs> and sing the national anthem once. Yeah. And by the way, the throwing out the first pitch thing, I know we talked about last week. I, I always want, it's like, I know it's ceremonial, but it's super lame to me. Let the, <laughs> let the pitch count. <laughs> like, let it actually be the first pitch. You know what I'm saying? Like, because right now it's just like, okay, we got to go through this little song and dance. It's not the first pitch. Let's make it the first pitch. That would be awesome. You're telling me what would be more entertaining? If, to see President Obama out there, you know, waving to the crowd and lobbing one in, or <laughs> to see Albert Pujols teeing off on one. <laughs> You're telling me you wouldn't go to more baseball games if the, if the first pitch actually counted? I just have this picture in my head of, like, Matt Damon getting hit by a line drive in the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> well, they could, they could bring in that little fence. You know? Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> Way more I mean, fun it, without if it. If we really, I mean, it would be lame. But like, if if it if that was the compromise, like, okay, we'll make it count. But they get to stand behind that little fence. Oh man, that's all I'm saying. I just think the game. I think it would add to the game. That was like four slices in one. Maya, what yeah. do you have? Um, I have something awesome. Apparently, when you're a quadrillion billionaire like Richard Branson. You can have your airlines uh, in first class make a mold out of your head to become the ice in the first class passengers' cups. Stop it. No. That sounds so amazing. Serious. Yeah. He took its exact measurements. It's about this big. With how long? How big is that? Like three, three inches. Three inches. It's exact, like right portions of his head. It took four designers to mold it over six weeks. Hold on. You just showed us with your fingers how big it is. You read it. Why? How do you know? Oh, because there's a picture right of somebody next to, holding like, her it. Face. All right, I mean, fine. I mean, it's it's if you're in first class, you get Richard Branson in your in your cups. That's amazing, and then you get to watch Richard Branson melt. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, every every plane trip is as if Richard Branson was at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark and open <laughs> and didn't close his eyes. Yeah. Okay, so if you're like really disgruntled, you're like, I need I need a, a tray of ice yeah. and a hot coffee, please. <laughs> I've had a terrible experience. It's just that seems so I'm random. Going to melt your balls. <laughs> and and while, while the person's doing that, they're just staring at you yeah. while they just <laughs> pour the hot coffee on the tray of ice. <laughs> Of tiny Richard Branson heads. <laughs> That's incredible. Unbroken. Yeah. Great idea. Can you, can you imagine if you're Great sitting idea. in the seat next to this guy and he doesn't say a word to you, but while he's he's just staring at you with unbroken focus while he pours hot coffee on a tray of little heads. <laughs> <laughs> never blinks, never acknowledges anything. <laughs> Like as a warning, and then at the end of the like, flight, what? and then at the end of the flight, he hands you his business card and just whispers, "You're next." <laughs> <laughs> so that's what you can do when you got lots of money. Apparently, yeah. So. Why not? At that point, why not? Why not? You know, why not make ice cubes of your head? What a great, what a great freelancing gig that would be. No, see, I, I think, it, like, what is there anything possibly more degrading for a designer? Like, you work at, like, Virgin, like, this awesome company that makes awesome product. And, like, listen, you're part of this four-man team that's going to work together for a month and a half. You're like, awesome! This is, you know, for a very special project for Richard Branson himself. Sweet! I can't wait to see. You're going to make a, a tray mold for tiny ice cubes on his head. <laughs> yeah, but then that would immediately be followed up by, oh, and by the way, you're getting $150,000 
dollar bonus for this. <laughs> and you'd be like, okay, no, okay. no more, no, no more degradation. We will pay you in ice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. All right. What do you have, Brian? All right. So, um, a couple weeks ago, this uh, it kind of made the rounds on the internet that uh, there was the Pizza Hut in the UK had debuted a new stuffed crust pizza, but instead of cheese, it used hot dogs. Um, yes. No. Like, Are you serious? Yeah, it's gross, but it's yeah, it's a thing. It's just hot dogs and the pizza crust. This is in so, the UK. Yeah, this who's, like, who's yeah. obviously known for their wonderful culinary yes, standards. Exactly. Right, that's true. Um, but <laughs> as Jim Gaffigan said, they put vinegar on stuff to make it taste better. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the uh, the pizza Pizza Hut in the Middle East has done them one better. Um, they've debuted these new crown crust pizzas. And basically what that means is it's pizza crust, but it's baked in uh, to buns on the outside that ring the pizza. And each of them is an open-faced cheeseburger. Yes. Wait, okay. Explain this again. Cheeseburgers toasted into the bun. Yeah, so it's a ring of cheeseburgers that that are baked into the crust. And then it's attached to a and pizza. And then it's attached to a pizza. So in the middle is a cheeseburger pizza with cheese and, and burgers and then like hamburger toppings. And it's and all it's- roasted inside of a honey baked ham. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's baked glazed, like a pizza. Glazed in soda. Yeah. Um, they also have the chicken filet version, uh, which is a barbecue chicken pizza ringed by attached uh, open faced chicken sandwiches. And this is a real thing that you can order in the Middle so East. Gross. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, it, it sounds really gross, but I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> if if I saw a picture on the menu, it'd be like, okay, I'm gonna eat the cheeseburgers attached to the pizza. Uh, you know? The best part. I'm doing the, that. Uh, the best it's not part like of, I need it every day, but I would definitely take it for a test drive. <laughs> uh, the best part of the whole story are the commercials that they created for this. Um, because, I mean, they're in English, but the server comes and says, uh, what kind of pizza would you like? And the guy is, like, looking around at his friends, like, all proud of himself. And he's like, I'll have a cheeseburger. And they all laugh. And the waiter's like, actually. <laughs> and then he brings out the cheeseburger crown pizza. I kind of want pizza it now. Sounds like, yeah, it sounds like a fantastic idea. <laughs> There's no, no, honestly, I mean, if you're ordering pizza... Okay, like I eat pizza all the time. I'm not, I'm not, you know, talking bad about people that eat pizza. I'm saying if you're ordering pizza, it's not like you're concerned about the health consequences. It's like, look, I know I'm eating cheese baked on bread. I think if you throw in a little hamburger, it's not going to make that much of a difference. <laughs> yeah, you're getting protein. Actually, <laughs> exactly. It's making it healthier. Sadly. Exactly. All right. Okay, well that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, JT Daily, a paper route. You're listening to Matthew Perryman Jones. The song is Stones from the Riverbed. It's from the band's upcoming album, Land of the Living. JT Daly is the lead singer of Paper Route. Having just wrapped recording on the soon-to-be-released full-length album, The Piece of Wild Things, with his band Paper Route, lead singer JT Daly should have depleted his creative reservoirs, but instead went to work on a solo album, Memory, which was released a couple of weeks ago. He describes memory as the sound of death colliding with eternity. So it's a real upbeat. <laughs> very, very upbeat. Yeah. No, it's very unlike Paper Route. Like, I will say, because I, I have the album been listening to it. Um, Paper Route is very fun, very happy. Uh, JT Daly is kind of like a Ryan Adams record. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Good. Uh, speaking of Ryan, our very own Ryan Ham, Hambone, recently spoke to him. Here's JT Daly. I 
I guess the first question is like, why a solo album and why now? A very specific reason and absolutely no idea are, <laughs> the, are the, you know, the, 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 the chapter titles um, to that. Um, I, you know, <clears throat> I, I think I just sort of realized that my life was going to be very different and there were a lot of things I felt like I had to say and I had to do. And this is before I was even comfortable talking to my best friends about any of this, you know, questions about just uh, just everything. I also f- was starting to feel the pressure of, of writing for paper out for starting this next album. And and I, I felt pressured. So those those two worlds kind of collided. And I decided, well, I think I'm just going to write an album myself just for me. I'll play it for the paper out guys. My secret plan is that maybe they'll like at least one of the songs and it will make the paper out album but i have no intentions of this being anything other than just therapeutic I'm curious, like, one of the things you said was that uh, you hadn't even talked to some of your closest friends about some of the stuff that's on this album. Um, what was the path from, like, that point where it was something you were wrestling with so intensely, like, on the inside to the point where you're releasing it for literally anyone to listen to who wants to? Being very personal, I, I think that I tend to be someone that protects the people that I love to a fault. If, if they if they royally screw up, I'm going to hide it. And I didn't feel comfortable letting people know some of the things that were happening. You know, I think now I've learned that sometimes that isn't the best way to love someone. Uh, the people that love me, you know, I'm not on the uh, offense of loving them back, right? pursuing them and letting them know, like, hey, you know, I'm. I'm Irish and I'm real good at putting a game face. <laughs> and um, I think that I, I, I realized that I had to change. You know, I had to evolve or die in that way. And, and now I'm comfortable. And now I know that people, it, it can help people, you know. And not every song on memory. I mean, a lot of that is about growing up in Ohio, connecting the dots between what I felt then and what I feel now and how I really just don't know if it ever changes. I think you always wait for your life to begin, you know, something to happen, and it never does. You just have to acknowledge that, and the sooner, the sooner you kind of realize that, the better your life becomes. I have climbed the highest hills, the more I serve. the lines that stuck out to me the most was um the line i miss my youth um because that seems like it's almost like a theme of the album where you're sort of wrestling with the childhood and then like really mourning for it too um do you feel like that's an accurate sort of uh, i guess summation of the album absolutely yeah you know i'm trying to i'm trying to put myself back in that headspace to figure out why it was so hard for me (laughs) well i feel like i mean i feel like the idea of mourning a youth that maybe didn't exist is a pretty universal thing yeah yes and and i think that um i think i grew up a little too fast my life has been a little i've been saying this lately a little like benjamin button you know it's it says i I believe it's like an exodus you know to slay your father to make your faith your own i think that i just started doing that recently really just started asking myself the hard questions instead of being like this um this youth group poster child you know the homecoming king for every youth group across the nation it it filled me with an anger that no one deserves you know 
and I realized that my my youth was it's I, I just missed a lot of it. I, I literally missed a lot of it, and then I also missed it. Um, I talk with a friend of mine is the author David Dark, and I talk to him and his wife a lot about how how complicated it is for them to talk to their children about the idea of God. There'll be a church and things will be great, and then you know. Their daughter will go and pick up the Bible, and they're like, "Oh, hope she doesn't open up to the rape scene." You know? <laughs> yeah, and then there's hell, you know. And then, and then God put you know everyone on a boat, and literally everyone died. And their their son asks, "Was there enough room on the boat for all the animals?" You know, such a beautiful and innocent question. <laughs> it's just such a complicated thing to grow up with religion, you know. Yeah. I I think that I've really just understood that you know, I, I guess to quote me without you, like God is love and and love is real. That that was something that I had to to really hold on to in the last couple of years and just do a complete reset in my life. Nothing is the same. Time will just Um, I feel like I feel like something that people our age, you know, in their twenties and thirties, are really good at is like deconstructing kind of all the crap that they went through when they were kids. But then, like, we're simultaneously really bad at reconstructing some sort of workable life or faith or relationships or things like that. Um, do you feel like this solo album is part of your effort at reconstruction? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we are. We're all so. With everything, media, internet, everything, we're all so self-centered. <laughs> we're all, I mean, Andy Warhol was right. We really are all famous now. So, yes, it is. We're, we're real good at critiquing, and it's real easy to stay there. It's real easy to not believe in something, including yourself. And it's really hard to stand up and to draw a line in the sand and, and to have conviction on something. And this was the beginning of that for me, definitely. This, I mean, memory specifically was me talking about all these things, but also just acknowledging, you know, there are lines like, I fought for what I should, you know. Um, the song No Other is, I wanted it to, to basically be like a, a hymn for relationships now, mm -hmm. for people that grew up in the church and, you know, got married in their early 20s. This is the beginning, you know. I mean, the album ends with the children of God. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to stand up again and not be embarrassed of, of where I've come from and be like, no, this is me. That was JT Daly of Paper Out. Check them out at jtdailyart.paperoutonline.com. You're listening to Purity Ring. The song is Obed de Beer. Obed, Obed Deer. I don't know how you say I it. A, I think it's Obed Deer. We're going to go with Obed Deer. Ooby Dooby. <laughs> um, it's from their upcoming summer album. Okay, it's time to tell you all about the new issue of Relevant. Joining us is uh, Roxanne Weeman. Welcome, Roxy. Hi. So the new issue of Relevant is arriving now to people's mailboxes and uh, newsstands. And uh, it was a unique issue for us. So we thought it'd be great to tell you all about some of the highlights and some of the behind-the-scenes story of how it came together and, um, and some of the highlights of the issue. 
So the cover is Don Miller. Um, and what's uh, interesting is we we hadn't covered Don in a while. He used to write a lot for us and, and all that and because he, he kind of went dark because he was working on his movie. Mm-hmm. And um, when we were ta- doing the editorial planning months and months and months and months and months ago, we knew that his movie would be coming out in April and um, it would be cool to just kind of like talk to Don about the you know what's happened in the decade since he wrote the book. That's where it all kind of started, right? And we'd seen a pre-screening of the movie, and we were like, "This is good." Oh yeah, this is different yeah. than the book. Obviously, a lot's changed, and so as we were kind of piecing together, like what angle we wanted to take with the the story, uh, the idea emerged of having. If you've read any of Don's stuff, you know Penny. And mm-hmm. um, Penny is a writer yes. in uh, Seattle. And uh, we thought, who better to write this than Penny? Yeah. And so we reached out to her and she took it on and uh, wrote uh, an article unlike any other in the sense that the access and the context and, and, and the perspective is just, it's absolutely fascinating. Yeah. I mean, she's been with him since the beginning. And so it's so. not just this heavy, like, look and you know dawn it's like she wrote a sidebar of like the top 10 reasons why they never dated yeah you know it's, it's funny stuff like that yeah. it's just like brings the story to light in a totally different way it's really cool well don's a friend of ours and so we had a lot of access to him and so uh as he came through the area working on pre-promotion for the movie and different things we just you know we'd be talking at lunch and like let's go over the studio and so we got him to go over the studio we recorded some conversations and so the article is actually full of like a lot of extras as far as you know behind the scenes stuff and extra conversations and video content so we really like took it up like 10 levels which is really cool um but we also ended it he was about to leave for the airport and we're like hey don one more thing <laughs> do you mind putting on a Snuggie and doing readings? <laughs> and so uh, we we created four videos uh, called Snuggie Talk with Don Miller. And, and we got them uh, in, in our studio sitting on the piano in soft focus uh, reading romance novels. And they are wonderfully creepy. <laughs> so <And> creepy. <laughs> they are, they're all on our uh, YouTube channel. You should go check them out. Anyway, uh, what any highlights from, from the story or anything? Yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed working on this piece. It was... You know, I worked really closely with Penny and just, I don't know, it was fun to even just go back in time with her and to have her really think about, like, what does this story mean for a generation of Christians that, you know, it kind of changed the way people thought about their faith. It may not seem as, like, crazy now, but at the time when it first came out, it just really resonated with a lot of young Christians. And to kind of think about how much we've changed since then, and it was it was really a lot of fun. I feel like the biggest thing was, uh, I mean, for me when I read it was that, um, like watching Don look back at who he was when he wrote blue, like jazz. Cause I feel like everyone has this level of like, everyone has this level where they feel like they know Don Miller. Um, cause he's so open yeah. and all his books are memoirs. It was weird to like sort of hear him looking back and like, you know, thinking about that. Cause obviously, I mean, he changes just like anyone else, but a book, you know, it stays the same. Um, so it was interesting to hear even his reaction to the book so many years after it. Yeah. yeah. And, and specifically like how he feels like the movie version of Don is closer to who he is now right. than the book is. Right. The other thing that I'm seeing a lot of people talk about, about this issue is, uh, Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. This <laughs> is fun. It's a great, my favorite thing about that story is the sidebar. Cause it's like the author just played this game with him. The would you rather game? And I can't imagine what he thought. I know. Right. Like, how many interviews has he done where the author just says, okay, can we play Would You Rather now? I mean, but it's really fun. But what a perfect person to play it with. Yeah, because he has no reservations. None at all. <laughs> Both those stories do bring up the fact that the magazine that you are reading looks a lot different than it ever has. Da, 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 da. That's the other big thing from this issue. It's actually a redesign. Um, there's been, you know, we've we always evolve features. I mean, mm-hmm. that's always kind of changing. But this is the first time in almost four years that we've fundamentally changed the structure and design of, of the magazine. But yeah, we introduced not only a new look, but some new sections. Mm-hmm. And that's um, like now all the music news is in a section called The Drop. We have another section. Um, Reject Apathy is obviously in the magazine. Yes. Rethought, updated, evolved. And we introduced a new one called Next. And Next is... 
a bit of a new venture for us. Um, for, for the last f- several years, we've been doing a magazine for church leaders called New. And at the end of the day, Relevant is advocating for living a life that's outward, intentional, impacting the world we live in and embracing culture or, or influencing culture, not embracing culture, chewing the meat, spitting out the bones, all that kind of stuff. And then we had this magazine for church leaders over here. And it seemed like this fundamental disconnect between the worldview of relevant and the worldview of, of new. And so we wanted to create a place to talk to the leaders within the relevant scope. So whether God's called you to lead in the church, great. Or if he's called you to lead in business or he's called you to lead in creative arts or social entrepreneurship or, you know, like whatever it is God's Mm -hmm. called you to do that, you know, you're leading. We wanted to have a broader conversation. And so it's a huge change for us, but we've decided to fold our magazine new and bring it into relevant as next. And so not only will it appear in every issue like this uh, debut, uh, it's four or five pages, it spotlights creative innovators, social entrepreneurs, church leaders, it talks about leadership, talks about innovation, change, change making, forward thinking, um, pursuing God's call, stuff like that. But it'll also have a really robust section on our new website. Um, the big news, not only is this redesign, but on June 1, we are launching a completely new relevantmagazine.com. And that thing's been in the works for a long yeah. time. <laughs> so, so these sections that you see in this redesign is a foreshadowing to sections that you'll see in the new website. So uh, next will have its own section. Reject Apathy will have its own section. And we're bringing it all together as an all-new relevant experience online, which yeah. is really cool. It's going to be really exciting. The other big thing for magazine readers is that for the first time ever, all magazine content will be available to subscribers on the website. So if you're um, like reading the iPad edition, uh, you'll be able to share content. Or if you're a magazine subscriber and you really dug the new cover story with Don Miller, well, right now all you can do is say, I like the, the cover. It's not available online. You know, you can't link to it. Well, moving forward as a subscriber, you could actually link to it. And people who aren't subscribers will be able to get kind of a free preview of that of that article. Um, uh, and so you'll be able to share con- content that you wouldn't have been able to share previously. So yeah. it's a big, big shift for us with this new website. And I'm really excited about it. So we're doing a lot of stuff with this new website. And uh, it's exciting because it's all kind of kicking off with this new issue, which I kind of write about in my column. What are some of the other highlights that you guys, some of your favorite moments of the new issue? Well, I we have a piece on going green for the right reasons. And um, it's a it's a pretty in-depth piece with a lot of stats and it's really, really interesting. And just, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's easy to get caught up in the is global warming real? Is it man-made? Isn't it? Is it just cycles? And, you know, and, and maybe all of that is besides the point. Like maybe there's a lot of really good biblical Christian reasons to care about the creation that have nothing to do with whether or not there's global warming. So, um, it's a really it's a really good article and I, I hope everyone reads it and takes action. I liked the article on Fanagram, one of my favorite bands and it was cool on the iPad, you know, like when you flip to it like it starts playing Fanagram, yeah. which is always a good thing. Yeah. So <laughs> we also um, talked to Craig Finn from the Holt Study. Yeah. One of your favorite bands. Yeah. And uh, there hasn't been like the way the whole study talks about religion and faith has always been one of the reasons I really liked them. So it was cool to like delve into that a little bit more. Yeah, he's yeah. A, like become a devout Catholic. Yeah. Which is yeah. fascinating. Yeah. And his ideas on music and worship and mass are just, it's a really interesting article. There's a lot more. If you want to check it out, it's available on newsstands nationwide. Most Barnes and Nobles haven't, some other chains. Um, uh, we actually, over the course of the rest of this year, will be significantly expanding our newsstand reach, going to several airports and whatnot. So that'll be fun. Um, or you can subscribe now at relevantmagazine.com. Uh, as a subscriber, when the new website launches, you will have instant access uh, to all the premium content uh, on it. And, you know, these are pretty much the last few weeks that this fourteen ninety five subscription will also include the iPad. Um, once the new site launches, the iPad will be broken off in a different package. So if you want it all, you want the four <laughs> albums, you want the web access when it launches, you want the iPad, you want to get the Don Miller issue, uh, subscribe now uh, before before the new site goes up. It's uh, 1495, slash subscribe. Well, thanks for joining us, Roxy. Yes. Stay tuned. Up next, feedback. Feedback.
Listening to Zach Williams and the Bellow. Like them. The song is Never Need Nobody from their upcoming album. Saw them open for the Civil Wars on their last tour, and uh, they were amazing. I would never want to be a band that plays after Zach Williams and the Bellow. They, uh, they were phenomenal. Uh, Zach Williams is a worship leader, actually, uh, in Brooklyn. Hmm. So Your question of the week went off of my... Uh yeah, and we discovered Twitter that Jesse thing. is the worst person in the world. Because I'm with you. I hate I'm just, it I'm just laid that. back. That's a thing. No, I live in a I live in a world of uptight people. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> okay, it's uh, time for your feedback. What they're talking about last week, uh, we asked you what are your pet peeves, because uh, not to relive the whole thing. But you guys talked down my back, basically. So I defended you. No, no, no. But, but I, I did not say that. I, I'll, here's what I said. I, I, I said heard it. You posted something on, on Facebook and Dana commented on it. And I just needed to, to get feedback on the issue. Uh-huh. Because I got I got put on blast. And I know it wasn't by you, but it was on your Facebook page. <laughs> I started To be it. fair. I think well, it's really annoying. And Jesse, really annoying. I was uh, <clears throat> at the store this weekend and I was about to put my cart, put the wheels up. On the on the side of the curb, and I decided yeah. I would walk it Good for you. over Good for you. and put it in the little. You know what else Jesse thingy. does is not refill the ice cube tray. Ah, with little Richard Branson heads. <laughs> <laughs> if they're Richard Branson, Richard heads, Branson would. would be really upset that he spent all that time and money designing ice trays, and I didn't have the decency to refill them with his own head. <laughs> I have honestly made a conscious effort every time I've gone to Target to, since that podcast to go Get the and, cart back. The, the carts, the cart corrals are always empty. I'm always the one breaking the ice, so to speak, with my cart. But I'm setting an example for the entire parking lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I probably- See, here, like I said, we're going to have to agree to disagree because I believe that the the price the 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 payment that the employees are paid to go fetch those carts are built in the price of my groceries. <laughs> That's like me doing free work for them by returning it to the corral. That's like me volunteering for Target. <laughs> <laughs> That's like you know if they were like, hey, you can you you can do the right thing and help stock groceries. No, you pay somebody. If you're walking around the store and you decide you don't want something, you just put it on a shelf and keep walking. I'm in, so so the scenarios. I pick something up. I'm like, ah, I really don't want that. Do I walk all the way back to the aisle where I got it and replace it? <laughs> yes. Or do I just jam it behind that box of Cheerios? Yes. <laughs> I think we know I the think answer. I know the answer. As a former retail worker, I hate you. I, hey, Brian, I'm with you, man. I, but, you know, it, like I said, you, you got to keep people employed. What a- <laughs> <laughs> yes, because the ideal employment is to say, oh, I guess I'll walk these gummy bears across the store. <laughs> uh, okay. So you all went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and posted your replies there. So here are some of your pet peeves dan d and this came up in the last week's podcast said honestly his biggest pet peeve is phil collins <laughs> just his whole catalog well dan d my pet peeve is you <laughs> michael lentner says uh one of one of the biggest pet peeves for him is when people pass by using the shoulder now that isn't a lane i'm going where does he live yeah i, I mean that, the, how, yeah. how is this happening so often that it's a pet peeve probably california you think drivers are crazy there? I was thinking more like Buenos Aires or something. <laughs> like, yeah, I could see it like in in an underdeveloped country. Yeah, that but in Buenos have the same stringent road laws. But in Buenos Aires, it would be a lane. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, this person Finns has a similar uh, pet peeve to one I have. Um, I can handle the misuse of there, 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 and some grammar mistakes. What I can't stand is when people use loose when they want lose. I want to lose weight. <laughs> Sammy Saturday says. It's that peeve. that no one's named a restaurant after him. Yeah, that was that was terrible. That was terrible. Ooh, this is a good one too. 
uh, New York. I'm assuming it's N Y capital N Y and then E R. So I'm assuming New Yorker. New Yorker. Uh, my biggest pet peeve at home is not replacing the toilet paper roll or replacing the new roll on top of the TP holder instead of taking two seconds to remove the empty roll. Yeah, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, like Jesse. Yeah, like I said, yeah, Cameron. If it's a big deal to you, then replace it. <laughs> So uh, there's a lot more. Oh, Team, team Money 9001. <laughs> team Money 9000. <laughs> um, so if you want to join the conversation, check out last week's podcast episode page at our website. Okay, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Okay, so earlier in the podcast, you know, uh, we talked about the, 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 the pizza with the cheeseburger crust. And the hot dog in it. And the hot, yeah, and the one with the hot gross. dog in it. So. And it got us thinking, you know, Taco Bell's now got the Doritos shells. Is that good? Have anybody tried that? I haven't tried it. I haven't tried I'm it. I'm waiting for Cool Ranch. Ah. <laughs> I'm serious. That's smart. I'm sure it'll happen, actually. It's, it's so gross, but I know I'll try it. <laughs> it it's so gross, but so awesome. It's a sickness. So, so it got us thinking about gross, awesome food combinations that need to be done. Um, you know, so, the, so making a hybrid, pitching a hybrid food, like the mm-hmm. cheeseburger crust on a pizza. So... Here's what we want you to do. Go over to the podcast episode page. In the comments there, post your suggestions of hybrid foods. And we not only will read our favorites on the show next week, we will make our favorite. I will make it. Maya will (laughs) cook it, and we will bring it in Hmm. and eat it. So, so we as long get, as it as long as it's feasible. So here's the thing: yeah. we don't want anything gross. Yeah, we want two awesome things like yeah. meatballs and something that meatball burrito that nobody's oh. ever <laughs> that nobody's <laughs> ever thought of before. We will. I mean, if done right, that would be good. <laughs> right. So we want combinations that nobody's thought of that, if done right, could be good. Mm-hmm. Like a cheeseburger crust pizza. Mm. If done right, yeah. it adds done protein. Right. Maya, it makes it healthier. Steak and cheese See, sub think- pizza. Pizzas, Philly I like it. Pizza. The crust is the best part of it. But the now pizza. you're just doing unique pizzas. No, Philly cheesesteak pizza, if it was lined with a ring of hoagies. Oh, oh you're oh. actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then it like was the cheesesteak on the outside, and then the inside was a pizza made of cheese whiz and uh, sauteed peppers and onions with some uh, steak. See, when I was when you said cheesesteak pizza, I pictured like a Philly cheesesteak, but instead of pieces of bread, it's up down upside down pizza slices. Ooh. Oh. See, that's way better. Yeah. I would destroy, I would I would eat that so fast. You're you not know? gonna get to eat it. <laughs> we can send it yeah. to them. All overnight. <laughs> well, like Omaha steaks yeah. and steaks yeah. with dry ice, you know, we could do that. <laughs> so instead of a someone's like rushing through airport security, sir, is that a heart? No. It's a pizza <laughs> with a Philly cheesesteak inside. <laughs> Make room for this man. <laughs> Get him some Richard Branson ice cream cubes. Stat. <laughs> ice cream cubes. Oh, oh ice that cream. would be good. That would be good. Hold on, little ice little ice cubes, cream popsicles yeah. of Richard Branson's head. Yeah, you lick them. <laughs> you're on the seat. <laughs> and, 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 and you stare at people while you do it. You're staring at him as you. No, lick no, it. you just stare like, at the person sitting next to you while you lick the Richard Branson you, ice do cream. Do you really want to like? You want to awkwardly stare at someone next to you, don't you? While you lick Richard Branson's <laughs> ice cream head? Noggin. Yes. Ice cream noggin. noggin. That's what you call him. What if it's made of eggnog? It's called... It would be in the eggnoggin. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just got oh, really you got excited. No, I can see this in the freezer aisle. Noggins! Yeah. We could do a logo for noggins. <laughs> <laughs> like little bags of celebrity yeah. heads. Alright, so that's the question of the week. Uh, help us come up with hybrid foods that could be awesome. And we will actually make one next week here on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll record a segment at the house, and okay. you can do a Julia Child's like you know instructional how to making. Ma- you have to do apron. a Julia Child's voice though the whole time. Okay. Welcome to the strengths. Just <laughs> <laughs> get your mold of little Richard Branson's head. <laughs> <laughs> now you need six gallons of eggnog. <laughs> Pour it carefully. <laughs> you making the prototype for noggins that's what we're gonna do mm-hmm. all right well before we wrap up a couple of housekeeping notes uh first off uh for th- this is the first time in a really long time but next week we're gonna be skipping the podcast uh the reason is uh maya and i are gonna be celebrating our 10-year wedding anniversary mm-hmm. on a boat so i don't really feel like talking <laughs> to you people we will just in honor just listen to i'm on a boat right next friday <laughs> around five think o'clock of us. Right. think of us yeah so I'm excited about that. Um, so we'll be back in two weeks. It'll be fun. The new issue of Relevant is out now 
featuring Don Miller and a lot of other good content. If you want to get it, um, it would mean a lot to us if you subscribed. Uh, you can head over to relevantmagazine.com and get it there. And right now, for limited time, for $14.95, you'll get the six print issues. You'll get access to the iPad edition for the, for the next year. You'll get four quarterly albums. And you'll get access to all the premium content on the new relevantmagazine.com, which is launching on June 1 in a few weeks. So um, this is the last time that that package will be at that price. So act now if you've been waiting. Many thanks to JT Daly for coming through. You can check out his solo project, Memory, over at jtdailyart.paperrouteonline.com. And on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Maya Strang. I'm Ryan Hamm. I'm Jesse Carey. That's Todd Michael Snavely. We'll see you in two weeks. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. For more, go to relevantmagazine.com. Take a little piece of advice from me. You do not want to spend a night in Disney jail.